and welcome to the Neo News Today podcast. This is your host, Dylan, speaking with you. On episode 26 of the Neo News Today podcast, we get a chance to sit down and speak with Brett Rhodes, an editor at Neo News Today, a moderator on the subreddit rneo, and a general ecosystem enthusiast and advocate. In our conversation, we talk about Edge's background in gaming and his first interactions with blockchain projects back in 2012, how he was introduced to Neo News Today, and how he came to work with us. We discussed Brett's research into delegated Byzantine fault tolerance and his unwavering faith in finality. Talk about how he became the voice of reason on our Neo and what his responsibilities as a moderator are, how the Neo community has changed for the better in his time as a community member, his approach to creating technical articles that are accessible to the everyday reader, and Brett's hopes, visions, and expectations for Neo and the Neo community in 2020 and beyond. So without further ado, Here's my conversation with Neo News Today editor and our Neo moderator, Mr. Brett Rhodes. Hey guys, what is going on? This is Dylan with the Neo News Today podcast, and today we are lucky to be joined by a Neo News Today editor and a moderator of our Neo, Brett Rhodes, who also goes by Edge DLT. How's it going today, Brett? Going pretty well, thank you. Nice to be on. Yeah, um, it's really cool to finally have you on the podcast because when I was first getting into the Neo ecosystem, I was reading some of your Reddit posts back from like quarter four, 2017. Mm -hmm. Um, But before we get there, we were just talking about RuneScape and prior to working with Neo News Today, you were tangentially in the video game industry and uh, Dean has made several references and mentions to a YouTube channel you used to manage. Wow. We're going straight for the meat of it. Um, (laughs) So could you share a little bit about your background and, and experience prior to coming over to Neo News today? Sure. So, um, man, I don't even know where to start now. Yeah. The YouTube channel was just something I did while basically trying to figure out what I wanted to do with my life. And I had a bunch of friends who were all making like gaming videos and like getting advertisements on them so we could try and turn it into a living. And, you know, some of them have been pretty successful with it. So it was, uh, it was uh, an interesting time where I didn't really have to worry about like actually being a human being because I could just live at home or whatever. So (laughs) living rent free, it's a, it's a good time for a, a young 20 year old until you realize that actually when you want to have a little bit of independence, you got to find some other work. So just been kind of keeping my eyes open since then and finding different opportunities on the way. Mm -hmm. And so did the YouTube channels you were operating, did that lead you down the path to blockchain or or what did, what did that look like when you started transitioning out of the gaming industry and, and researching blockchain? So I think I started the channel like back in 2012 Um, But around the same time, I was actually also interested in blockchain. In fact, I was trying to convince my uh, mom to loan me like 500 quid to get some parts together to put together a little mining farm. Never happened, of course. Wish it had, but back then it wouldn't have been able to mine much anyway. But 
I really like Dogecoin. I think that was that was the first one that I really got into mining because it was one where you would actually have a reasonable chance of completing a block. Um, but it kind of dropped off, and then I had the whole YouTube spiel and didn't really think much about it until I think late 2017. And that's when I kind of got roped back in and just was looking for interesting projects, really. So when were you mining Dogecoin? Uh, that would have been maybe end of 2012, start 2013 time. Okay. So yeah. you've you've been looking into sort of distributed systems for, for more than just since the last ICO craze. Yeah, although back then I didn't really know what it was. It was more just an interesting thing on the internet rather than like something potentially revolutionary. So, yeah. Well, I remember when we were in Shanghai for the Neo Community Assembly last September in 2019, you and I were walking down the street and we kind of got into a conversation about proof of work and um, the the benefits that delegated Byzantine fault tolerance offers. Uh, I walked away from that conversation uh, kind of thinking that you had an unwavering faith in this as a consensus mechanism. So could you explain um, a little bit of the process of how you started, uh, went from mining Dogecoin to doing real research and kind of like landing on NEO and its consensus mechanism as the one that you think will be um, the most successful? Um, yeah, so it was around that same time, maybe mid-2017, when everyone was starting to get a little bit crazy about crypto, and it didn't really matter which circles you were in back then, but if you were on the internet, you were starting to hear about it somewhere, right? Um, and because I'd already had kind of the familiarity with it from before, I kind of wanted to know what I was missing and why all this new hype had started up about it, when as far as I was concerned, it kind of stopped existing for like four or five years, right? So... Um, I think it was trying to look and understand what makes these things tick. And the most fundamental part of the blockchain is the consensus mechanism. So, and this is especially like at a time where we're, we're so concerned with environmental things, right? And the impact that mining has, like the Bitcoin blockchain, the mining process is like consuming the same amount of electricity as a small country. It's It's grown to an insane point. Mm -hmm. And I think you have to ask whether there is actually any security benefit to all that or whether it's just kind of a waste of time. So I think around that time, there were kind of talks about proof of stake, but I don't know whether there were really any strong implementations of it. But AntShares was one that stood out immediately once that white paper got uh, translated to English. And I was reading about BFT and realizing that really you shouldn't really care about using a blockchain where you've only got probabilistic finality because why use that when you can have yes my transaction is settled no problems right i i, I would just never see a time where i'd rather use something probabilistic so this is around the time of ant shares and then um, when i started doing my research into neo around quarter four 2017 your old username um was making posts so when did you really begin to start contributing to the Neo community? And, and was that mostly through Reddit at the beginning? Um, yeah, I mean, I was a lurker for quite a while. Um, I want to say it was maybe a, a couple months after COZ formed that I started making actually contributions to the communities and whatnot, which all started on Reddit just because 
I think I had built up a bit of an understanding about the project that other people were asking about. So it just kind of made sense to uh, participate in those conversations. And it just kind of quickly spiraled into something where a lot of the times there were just the things that needed to be said that weren't being said. And if someone didn't do it, then it was just like a whole ordeal that didn't need to happen. So it just kind of spiraled in that way. And I became pretty, uh, I guess, well-regarded in the community for being helpful where I could. Yeah, because now you're a moderator on our Neo. Yay, responsibilities. <laughs> How did uh, that position fall into into your lap? Um, I can't even remember quite when that happened. I think it was probably a year after, so maybe late 2018 time-ish. And it was basically just Fabian came and said, hey, do you want to help out with the disc- with the Reddit rather? And I was like, yep. <laughs> and that was that. So <laughs> what are... Simple. Yeah, go on. <laughs> No, carry on. Um, I was going to ask, like, what are some instances of of exuberance or or fud that you've kind of had to quell? So, so what does it look like, um, kind of moderating both? Uh, I guess in market terms, like the bulls and the bears. Um, I mean, it's different because as a moderator on the Reddit, all you're really doing is removing spam and you know, like blocking spam accounts. That's basically your whole job. And maybe someone makes a comment and they don't have enough karma. So Automod removes it. So, okay, approved, fixed. Whereas actually fighting FUD is something that you usually have to do outside of the Neo subreddit, like over on cryptocurrency or something. So, um, I mean, if if I ever saw any information that was just completely disingenuous and it seems like there were parties at that time who were pretty happy with taking any opportunity they could to spread bullshit about Neo. So I, I kind of just took it on myself. Like, I, I know that this is wrong. It's really easy for me to show that it's wrong. So I may as well do that. Yeah. I'd be, I'd be curious to hear uh, from your perspective and how the, the Neo community has changed over the past two years since you've been actively involved what was it like when you were just researching AntShares to what it's like today with um, community members who are active in both the perspective of the Neo ecosystem? Um, I think compared to back then, people are a lot smarter about it now. Like I can see times where usually like say back in 2018, if, if someone posted a question to the subreddit, it just wouldn't get answered until I answered it. Whereas these days, if someone has something that they want asked, there's like at least a handful of regulars of the subreddit who will step in and take care of people perfectly. And it's like that that wasn't really something that was happening back then. Like there was a there was a big development community, obviously, started up by uh, COZ and there were lots of projects getting made. But in terms of actually, I guess, like support for uh, for the user base, it was pretty weak. Mm-hmm. So it's it's been really nice seeing that develop because... Back then, I kind of felt like if I wasn't doing it, it just wouldn't get done and things would fall apart. But whereas nowadays, I know that even if I'm hands off, it's everything's just kind of going to get taken care of. Yeah. And have you seen any shifts in, in sort of your efforts in moderation um, since the time that you became a moderator versus today? I uh, wouldn't say so. It's uh, it's a pretty repetitive job and <laughs> doesn't take a whole lot of effort. <laughs> Other than making sure that you put the weekly thread up. Yeah, in time before Kyle sends me a message and reminds me the day, the day later that I haven't put the new weekly thread up. Yeah. <laughs> Shout out to Kyle. Yeah. 
Um, so kind of shifting gears, we've been working together at Neo News Today for more than a year now. You, you came on to the, to the team in April of 2018. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, that's right. Um, so I'm interested to hear a little bit about how you were approached to come join Neo News Today. So I actually approached Neo News Today. Um, I'd been reading the articles that, uh, that Dean and yourself have been putting out for, uh, most of 2018, I think, um, especially the development stuff, like particularly that's, that's the most interesting to me. It's always been like my kind of focus in blockchain in general. I just kind of want to see what people are building and how the technology can be improved. So it was, it was nice to have a source of information for, you know, finding all these bits and pieces coming out of the different communities and whatnot. Um, so I, on one of the threads, I noticed there was the contribute message upon one of the pages somewhere and I just hopped in, sent in an email and, and here we are. <laughs> the rest is history. Yeah, certainly is. Um, so you've definitely taken a sort of technical approach in the, the articles you write and that's kind of what you're known for on the team. Like if there's a tech heavy um, event or announcement, it's going to fall onto your plate. And you've recently been writing the Road to Neo 3 series, um, which I think personally is one of the more in-depth technical pieces on Neo processes that I've seen outside of teams like Neo Research and Neo SPCC. So what does your research process look like when you're putting together these Road to Neo 3 articles um, and how how do you go about digging through the GitHub and kind of tying all these concepts together? Um, with with great time and effort. <laughs> um, I think that the, the main difference between the content that I'm trying to put out with Road to Neo 3 compared to, say, Neo Researchers articles and whatnot is that I'm trying to make things a little bit more accessible for people that maybe don't have that developer focus because... Like that was me back in 2017, right? Like I had an understanding of how blockchain worked, but a lot of these kind of more standard computer science related things were just, it's just not my field of knowledge, right? Mm -hmm. So I think knowing about all these things and understanding why things are, are the way they are is a really important part of this technology. So it's, uh, it's nice to have an opportunity to try and break things down in a way that people be able to understand them. For sure. And and from a from like an ecosystem perspective and like a research perspective, what's a typical day in the life of Edge like? And I don't mean like morning routines, but more like how you go about digging through all this information and um, interacting with the community. What does that look like on a day to day basis for you? Um, a bit like a gremlin in the corner with an <laughs> internet connection is is the best way to describe it. I basically just whip open a Google Doc. Um, plunge into the internet for about six hours, like gathering different links that I think will be useful information to, uh, to draw from if I'm like, say, looking for an analogy to explain a certain thing, or maybe I don't understand a particular uh, component I need to make sure I do before I go try. Like you can't simplify something unless you understand it, right? Mm -hmm. So I'd just be writing content that was completely incorrect otherwise. So yeah, it's a, it's a time consuming process and it, it involves a lot of reading. But uh, I can't complain. It's uh, I find it good fun. So, what kind of um, what kind of thread on the sweater are you pulling right now? What what's got you really interested um, this week with Neo? 
You mean other than my opportunity to buy in at Anshares prices? <laughs> yeah, we are definitely in the midst of uh, the coronavirus epidemic pandemic right now. Mm-hmm. Wait to see that $4 mark because uh, that's actually the price that I first bought in at uh, with Anshares, $4. I saw the price hit that last night um, when the, the drop happened. Oh, were you watching it live? I was. Oh, I can't imagine that felt good. Um, you know, it's, it's the wave that we, we sort of signed up for when we joined crypto, but, um, yeah, but, we're, but we're massive, we're masochists, deep yeah. down. <laughs> but nonetheless, I mean, so there's two, there's obviously a, a price correlation with all these conversations, but then there's also the technology that's being built and, sure. um, on a long time frame, it's the, the projects that are continuing to build and continuing to grow their teams. In Mm -hmm. the post-ICO bubble, NEO had invested a lot into building out its core developer community as well as international developer communities. And that also shows with, you know, supporting NEO News today. So we've seen a lot of progress from the time that we've both been on NEO News today and sort of, you know, where we've gone in, in the past two years. So taking a look at that, um, time frame, what like excites you most about where we're at today and, and probably um, what Neo can do this year? Um, that's, uh, that's, a, that's a big question. <laughs> um, I think it's just, I think the most important thing is not just being feature rich, but bringing everything together in a way that people can actually use it, right? Because if, if we're building blockchains and privacy features and identity features and storage features and no one is able to like use them for anything, then it's just been a whole waste of time. So uh, this, this whole period of time between now and like, I guess, since the ICO craze, um, it's just been an opportunity to sit back and watch the projects that are actually spending time getting things done. And it's made it a lot easier to like, I guess, decide where I want to uh, put investments or decide where I want to like spend time interacting with communities and whatnot, because um, I don't like the idea of wasting time. Mm-hmm. And, you know, if you put a whole lot of heart and effort into something, then you don't want to just see it vanish. So I, I, I just really appreciated seeing all these different projects building up and trying to pursue what the uh, the ideal version of blockchain technology and how it integrates into people's lives will actually look at the end of things. Like for example, I know a lot of the focus right now on Neo is talking about having privacy features. Mm-hmm. And I think that's like such a fundamental part about this technology. I mean, imagine if you went to the, the the grocery store down the road, right? And you paid for your groceries with crypto. And now the cashier can like see how much money you have like stored in your bank account. It's just a crazy thing that would just never work in the real world. So having some kind of privacy feature there is really important. But then on the other hand, you also need to make sure that, you know, fraud and money laundering and things like these aren't happening. So you also need the digital identity component so that you can have verification. So I think projects that are focusing on making sure all these features are available, but bringing them together in a way that makes sense for the end user. I think it's, yeah, just watching them work and making sure they all gets built so that people can actually use it. It's the most important thing. I'd be curious to hear just generally what your opinion of uh, 
the current and ongoing development into Neo three is like? Um, well, I'm, I'm spending a lot of time reading about it and, but actually I think a lot of that time is spent trying to understand what I'm reading. Uh, but I think they're going in a really good direction. I mean, the, the testing that is being done and the, uh, the direction I think is really healthy. Like I was on the GitHub a couple, uh, I think it was like last week or maybe a week, a couple of weeks ago. And there was a thread say about having like aliases for addresses. And that's such like a small little thing that can be done just in a native contract on Neo3. But for the end user experience, that changes everything, right? Sending to an actual name instead of some arbitrary number of letters and number, uh, string of letters and numbers, right? Mm -hmm. So I think they have a really good focus on what people will actually need to be able to make good use of the platform. And I'm really hoping that people outside the Neo ecosystem start to realize that these things are all happening. They're all being built and it's being done here where no one's looking. <laughs> Is there anything that um, we haven't really brought up in this conversation today that you think the Neo community might like to hear from you? Um, nothing in particular. I mean, I'm, I'm pretty vocal, um, but I don't kind of make a show, much of a show of it. So if anyone ever has anything that they want to talk about near related, they, they're always welcome to reach out and ask what they want to ask. It's all good. Awesome. Well, um, it's always a pleasure to chat with you and I'm super psyched that we got to have you, uh, be a guest on the Neo news today podcast. Uh, I hope the Neo community really enjoys having this con listening to this conversation as much as I enjoyed having it. That's super cute, Dylan. <laughs> you got so good at this. You've, you've really been improving with these podcasts. You've been going along. It's great. I've really been enjoying listening to them. So, uh, yeah, keep up the good work and thanks for having me. Cheers. Talk to you later. See you soon, man. Well, what a conversation and what a great guy. So knowledgeable, so passionate. We're actually really lucky to have Brett in the Neo ecosystem as he takes the role of a technical researcher and works really hard to convey his findings in easy, digestible ways for the less sophisticated among us to understand. To keep up to date with the latest in the Neo ecosystem, please visit www.neonewstoday.com. And if you haven't yet, feel free to subscribe to our channels on YouTube, Apple iTunes, and or Spotify. And please, leave a five-star review and a comment if you feel that others should hear our content. Every subscription and review helps others outside the NEO ecosystem to learn more about NEO and all the cool things that we do here at NEO News Today. So thank you so much for taking the time to listen to this episode of the NEO News Today podcast, and I look forward to catching you next time.